We will turn to the Word of God in just a second, but I bet you're wondering what's in this box. I remember um, hearing a story about J.J. Abrams. Some of you might know who that guy is. He made Star Wars movies and he was famous for a TV show called Lost years ago. And he made kind of shows which were always suspenseful shows. When he was a 10-year-old kid, he got given a present and he never opened it. He put it up on the shelf and to this day it's been, it's still wrapped. He has no idea what's in his present. And he said, you know, it's more interesting not knowing than knowing. And so that's kind of like a theme of his movies and stuff is don't answer all the questions. So maybe I'll just leave that there for now. And uh, <laughs> no, I'll show you what's inside. This is a plug for my Bible videos. Every single book in the Bible has themes. And a few days ago, we started the book of Ezekiel. And you know, in Ezekiel, there's the valley of the dry bones. So as I go through the book of Ezekiel, I've got this on the desk with me for 48 chapters. Don't you think that's cool? Now, I wonder how I got this. St. Jerome used to have a skull on his desk. And you can see it in all the old paintings. It was to remind him that we are temporary, but God is eternal. Yeah, so um, if you haven't been watching my Bible videos, they will teach you a lot about the Word of God. You'll learn things you've never learned before. And so I'd like, I've nicknamed this guy Yorick. I'd like, uh, Yorick would like to encourage you to join me in my Bible videos as we go through Ezekiel. And... Um, and beyond. So there you go. I'll leave that there to keep, let you keep thinking about that. Okay. Last week we talked about um, how we are saved by grace. And I'm just going to pop up the Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 uh, scripture to just do a super quick, super quick recap. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one can boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're all saved by grace. We don't deserve it. We can't even do anything to get it. And the point we made last week was when you're trying to bring your friends and family to the Lord, they're saved by grace too. <laughs> So you can bust your guts and strive all you like to try to get them to be saved, but it's not their works that's going to get them saved and it's not your works that's going to get them saved either. They're saved by grace through and through. And so we, we went over all that point. In other, the point of it all was to relax a little bit and not try so hard as if it all depended on you. And we summarised last week by saying, your job is to love them, to pray for them, to do whatever God tells you to do. So there may be an occasion to obey and do something, but above all of that, relax. Because God will work and use it all in his time to bring things around. So that was last week. So we're going to move on from that. And I'm going to start by telling you about the time our whole entire family had a helicopter ride. Now, I remember this day. I, might have, I think I've shared this story before in church. But we were driving to Yapoon this day, 
And Daryl from Big Color Works also has a helicopter business called Rockhampton Helicopters. And he likes to park on Yapoon Road around about where that big mountain is, Mount Jim Crow, which now has another name. And he, um, you know, you can pull in there on a Saturday and have a helicopter ride. Back then it was about $250 a go, but now I think it's three or $400 a pop. So it's not, I don't know, not cheap. And I remember at the time uh, we drove past and I had a car full of screaming kids all saying, can we please have a helicopter ride? So we pulled in to inquire as to the price. And because Bithia was there, she went for that helicopter ride. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> um, on that particular day, we didn't go for the helicopter ride. Because what happened was we pulled in and I could see Daryl computing in his head that he was going to have to take the helicopter up three times for the amount of people we had, and that was going to be $770. And like, hmm, I don't think we're going to be doing that. It's a little bit too much for um, 20 minutes of joy. So um, sorry, kids. Anyway, a lot of disappointment. And um, I just said to them in the car, I said, well, look, why don't we have a prayer and ask the Lord to give you all a helicopter ride? Now, I can tell you for 100% that I was only saying that as a get all the kids off my back tactic. <laughs> you know, parents sometimes do these types of things. They're like, well, I can't give you a helicopter ride, but just ask God. He can give you one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there must have been some faith in the car that day because a few weeks later there was a competition on Facebook uh, for one person to win a helicopter ride with Rocky Helicopters. Well, Marie won the competition, and then Daryl said to her, oh, what the heck, you can all have a go. So it turned out that my little prayer in the car that day to keep the kids happy resulted in us all having a helicopter ride. And um, somewhere I've got photos of like little kids with earmuffs on and you know the helicopter things you wear when you go flying and very, very cool. So the moral of that story is, um, that God sometimes answers prayers um, even when there's not a lot of faith going on. In that particular event, there would have been some faith at work. It just wasn't mine. There would have been children with faith, um, no doubt about it. And, um, but God also answers prayers when not based on whether they're deserved or not. I certainly didn't deserve to have that, that answer to that prayer. And so... And this is the nature of God. God answers prayers not based on whether you deserve them, and a lot of the time, not based on whether you think he's going to answer them or not. What I'm going to get to in a minute is, is what is faith? Often we think faith is a certain thing, but what God thinks faith is is a different thing. And um, we're going to see that for in just a minute in, in a Bible story in Matthew chapter 17. Um, because on that particular day, I had no faith at all. And, and what, I, what I didn't have in particular was any thought that we would ever have a helicopter ride as a family. I did not think that was ever going to be an outcome in my wildest expectations. There was, I could not have imagined any, any way at all that we would all have a helicopter ride so I had no faith of any type, either the type I'm about to explain to you or the type we usually think faith is. Now, if you've been around this church for a while, you will have heard my, you'd have, you'll have been in prayer meetings with my father 
or you'll have heard my father up the front lead the church in prayer and he will have said something like this. He said, now get yourself in faith. Have you ever heard my dad say, get yourself in faith? Is faith something you can get yourself in or not? Like a pool, can you, you can jump into a pool and get out of a pool, but can you do that with faith? Can you hop into faith and hop out of faith? Well, the way the dad talks about it, it sounds like you can. But the way we often think about it, we often think you can't. We think that, oh, I don't think I'm going to get a helicopter ride and there's nothing I can do. That's just the way I feel. Well, if that's what you think faith is, that's probably right most of the time anyway. And I know that um, there are people in the world who are great faith preachers like Kenneth Kagan was one of these, Kenneth Copeland's another one like this. They talk about faith all the time and they have all these people who are followers of theirs, who, who listen to every sermon. They hang, up, they hang on every word of faith and then they try to live a life of faith. But when you meet people like this, I'm not saying all of them, sometimes you realise they've got no faith at all. Some, you know, it's like they're believing that the God's going to prosper them and bless them, but the tyres on their car have got no tread. And they're wearing scrappy clothes. It's like all this talk about faith isn't doing much for them. I think it's because they're thinking of faith the wrong way. And I'm going to explain all of that this morning. It's really, really important because it's going to help us praying for the lost to pray in a way we actually can relax about it and see God work but not just praying for the lost, for everything. We're Christians. We want to pray about a lot of things. We want to see God work in a lot of ways. We need to do what my dad says and get ourselves in faith. It turns out it's actually really easy to do. <laughs> and um, you, you know, I'll make the point in just a minute. So what is faith exactly? Let's find out. Let's go to Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 to 21. Let's pop that up on the screen. Hopefully they've got it. Someone's back there can do that for us. Okay. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. The disciples tried, and it didn't work. Jesus said they had so little faith, and then he immediately says to them, but if you only have a little faith, you can move a mountain. Did he just contradict himself? Did he say, hey, you've only got little faith, but hey, you only need a little faith? Doesn't that sound like he's speaking the opposite thing? 
So it does sound like that when you read it first time. You have so little faith, he says. But I truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can, nothing will be impossible for you. He's talking about two different faiths. And Jesus does this a lot. Jesus will be talking about a certain topic, and then the very next sentence is the same word, but a completely different subject, or a completely different meaning to that same word. It was like the Ephesians passage a minute ago that it said, you're saved by grace, not by works. Works meaning one type of works. So that you can do works. Works meaning a different type of works. Same word used in the same sentence, meaning two different things. That's what's going on here. Same word used in the same sentence, meaning two different things. You have so little faith. They don't believe. The little faith that they have is their belief that they can do anything about it. They have no faith that they can. And that's right. They can't do anything about it. But the faith that Jesus is talking about is something different. It's an interesting study to go through all the Gospels and read the things that Jesus says and see how he speaks of one thing, speaks of the other thing over and over and over and over and over again. He does it all the time. Just trying to think of how to explain this to you in a way that will make sense. When the disciples came to this man, this man brings this guy to the disciples. He's got a, a sickness or disease. The disciples look at this and they say, here's a problem, we've got to do something about it. But they doubt because they don't think they can really do anything about it, but they give it a shot. Have you ever done that before? Someone comes to you who's sick and you say to yourself, oh, I don't know if my prayers are any good. I've, I haven't seen very many prayers answered but I'll give it a shot. Have you ever done that? That's what you would call a little faith. But that little faith is faith in yourself. Of course you can't do much about it because you can't do much. It's, it's as if you're thinking it's all up to you. So you're saying, oh, I hope I can do something. I hope my prayer is going to be a good prayer. I hope I'm going to say the right words. I hope I'm going to, oh, I sure don't feel like I'm going to do much, but that is how we approach so much. That's how we approach soul winning. When you, when you go to speak to someone about Christ, you're thinking, I hope I can say the right things. I hope I can get through to them. I hope my words are going to register. I hope I don't forget everything I'm supposed to say. That's faith in yourself. Or someone comes to you who's sick. Oh, how do I pray again? What have I got to say? You start thinking, you know, it's all on me. That's faith in yourself. Well, <laughs> that's, that's one type of faith. But there's another type of faith that, that, that contemplates Jesus. And it turns out you can put yourself in that type of faith as easy as thinking of him. 
You can get in faith like that as easily as it is to just bring the matter to the Lord and give it to the Lord. Because now all you're doing is giving something to God that you know you can't deal with. Have you ever been to the hospital and you bring a kid to the hospital or something and you don't know what's going on, but as soon as the doctor comes in and you start talking to the doctor and they say certain things or this is what's going on, you relax? Have you ever had that feeling of relaxing? That feeling is the feeling you get when you know someone's doing something about that problem, that's faith. It's actually trust, but it's a type of faith. It's the sense of having brought your problem to someone who can do something about it. Well, that's the type of faith we're talking about. We're talking about get yourself in faith. In other words, focus on the Lord. Don't focus on you, what you can do about it and how you're going to solve this problem. No, focus on him. He's going to take this problem. He's going to get a hold of this situation. You can relax now. He's the doctor. He's the one that can do something about it. And you know what? It's actually got nothing to do with whether you deserve it, like the helicopter story. It's got nothing to do with how much faith you've got how much faith you've got in yourself. No, but it does have to do with how much trust you've got in him. So you can actually have no faith at all, like me in the helicopter story, and you can not deserve it at all, but the Lord can still hear a prayer like that because he's just good like that. Yesterday, I was out at mum and dad's, and they have a horse. It's actually Susanna's horse. She moved out of home but left the horse behind. And this horse wanders up to the house every day in the middle of the afternoon expecting someone's going to feed it. That's despite the fact that there's 25 acres of grass. But it knows there's extra special food up at the house and every afternoon it's going to get some of that. Well, if someone's home, it'll get some. If no one's home, poor horse. But uh, it wanders up to the house yesterday and it's moseying around the fence and you know, I look out and see the horse all right, want some food. What's the horse doing? You could say the horse was praying. <laughs> because the horse has come up with a need. It's not dependent on how good the horse is. If the horse is well behaved or badly behaved, it's got nothing to do with that. The horse is coming to the source of someone who can answer its desires. Food. I look out, see the horse, go to the shed, get a bucket of the stuff, I don't know what it's called, throw it in its bucket and the horse is happy. It's just the same as that, honestly. It's not, it's no different. You're the horse, God's the feeder, you just go. Like if you were, if you were standing out there, imagine you're the horse, and your faith was that you had to provide your own food that had to magically appear in the bucket. You could strive all you like. Nothing's going to appear in the bucket. That's the way we approach faith nearly all the time. We think, oh, I've got to get this person healed. Oh, it didn't work again. Of course it didn't work in again. Because you were putting faith in your abilities to pray a good prayer 
It's just not faith. So of course Jesus is going to say to you, bring it to me, you've got so little faith. But if you just had a little bit of faith in the right thing, you could move a mountain. It's really simple. So, and you know what I'm ashamed to admit, is that it took me my whole entire spiritual life until last year to realise this. I've had a lot of prayers answered, including that helicopter one. A lot of prayers answered, but I was always a bit mystified why some prayers would get answered and other ones wouldn't. And I know that the Lord has a say in things. So, you know, I could have looked out the window and the horse could have been praying its food prayer, and I could have said, ah, I don't feel like giving the horse its food. So the whole, it, you know, it would have been up to me. And in the same way, it's up to God whether he answers some prayers or not. Sometimes God decides he doesn't want to answer a prayer of yours because he thinks it's no good for you. If you went home right now and every single one of you all decided you're all going to pray for a helicopter ride, what's the bet the Lord's going to say? No, you're just praying selfishly. <laughs> you know what I mean? God isn't always going to say yes to every single thing you ask for but the point is it's him saying that he's still answering your prayer he's just deciding what he's going to give to you or not but there are certain things that when you bring them to the lord he answers them because we know it's in line with his will we know god's a kind god he likes to work in the lives of people he cares more for certain things than what we do you bring things to the lord mindful of who he is and you open the door for him to work in all sorts of situations, um, of course God's going to answer prayers like that. But it was only last year that I twigged to this, or it might have been even only earlier this year, I realised, oh, that's what it means to get in faith. And I actually asked Dad about this a few years ago. I said, what, what is it? How do you get yourself in faith? And Dad's answer was, fake it till you make it. But... <laughs> um, but <laughs> what you know what I think I think that for dad he didn't realize that I think for dad it's just so natural to bring it to the Lord he does that intuitively without realizing that a lot of people probably don't do you know what I'm trying to what I'm trying to explain by that I think for dad it's like there's only one way of doing it you just you're just consciously aware of the Lord and you bring it to him. And so how I realised this was in the watch. Because um, we, you know, we pray here every Friday night in the watch. And I was realising that I had prayed some prayers. Or maybe it was in church council. I was realising that I had prayed some prayers almost like on autopilot. Has anyone ever prayed a prayer on autopilot? And then have you ever thought back later and thought, what did I pray for? Have you ever done that? Prayed a prayer and then not remembered what you prayed for? That happens when you pray on autopilot, and everyone does it. At least I think everyone does it, except maybe my dad doesn't. But um, I think when you pray on autopilot, what you're doing is you're not consciously aware that you're talking to the Lord. You haven't like taken that moment to stop and say, I'm talking to the Lord, the God of all creation. So you're not consciously aware of how significant a moment it is and then consciously aware of what you're saying. So if you were suddenly to go and meet with a very important person right now, um, you'd be very mindful of what you're going to say, 
who you're talking to, be careful to speak properly, all of that. So the conversation would be a proper one and your words would be proper because you're aware of the situation. But when we pray on autopilot, it's like we're just praying a prayer because we need to. Or sometimes your morning or your evening prayers might be like this too. You're just praying a prayer list, but it's just a routine or a habit. Or you might say grace at a meal or say a prayer after a meal, but it's an autopilot type of a thing, not consciously aware you're talking to God. So therefore, there may not necessarily be a whole lot of faith going on. It may just be that it's, it's just in you. You're the one praying the prayer, it's your prayer. You're, you're doing your daily prayer every day so that you know your prayers can build up the power so eventually your prayers can get answered. It's not necessarily done in the type of faith that I'm talking about right now. So, there's a way of praying where you come before the Lord you're mindful that he is who he is. And then you think about what you're going to say to him. And you put your requests before him. That, I'm pretty sure, I'm 100% sure, that is faith. And the Bible says that when you do that, he hears you. And the Bible also says that when, he, when you know he's heard you, you have what you've asked for. So faith, is, turns out, is something you can get into, like a pool. So if, I was to, if we were to pray a prayer right now, and I was to say to you, let's all get in faith, what you would do right now is, is immediately put aside all your other thoughts. You'd be mindful, we are sitting in the Lord's presence right now. He is here. And we're going to talk to him. And he's going to listen. And then you speak to him thinking about what you're going to say, knowing he's paying attention to you. I think that's praying with faith. And then, when you're in a situation like that, God listens to your prayers and it's got nothing to do with how good you are, and it's got nothing to do, so it's got nothing to do with whether you deserve it. And it's got nothing to do with how well a job you do of praying. And it's got nothing to do with whether you deserve to have them answered or not. See how faith is a separate thing to whether you deserve it or not. My dad's always said that God doesn't answer prayers because you deserve them. God doesn't answer, in fact, dad, I remember dad saying recently, you. He, God doesn't answer your prayers because you have needs. He doesn't answer a prayer because you need it to be answered. He answers prayers if you have faith. That's an interesting thing. So you can be quite desperate to get an answer to your prayer. You can have a situation. Um, just recently, I took a few days off camping with my kids. I have a, uh, a web hosting business that requires me to, to be available 24-7 to help people with email and things that might go down. So I need to know 100% of the time if there's a problem with the server or anything like that. But I wanted to go camping with my boys for a few days to Blackdown where there's no internet. So I had to figure out how to um, 
basically have a few days without offering the 24-7 support. You know what I did? <laughs> Probably shouldn't say this online where any of my potential customers can listen. I said, I said, Lord, I want to have this time with the boys. Would you cause all of my customers to not have any needs for like three days? Please, could you handle the support just so that there's no, no one's requesting support for three days? Guess what? Oh, I, I, I'm going to adjust my prayer slightly going forward. But what happened was there was no support for three days. And as soon as I got back, there was like about 12 support requests. They just accumulated for three days and then bang. So next time I'm going to just change the prayer slightly. But the, the point is I knew what I wanted. I wasn't doing it selfishly. I was thinking of my children. I asked for his help. He helped me. It's, it's just the nicest thing that God would do something like that. Uh, he's just marvellous. So we are going to read a couple more scriptures in and bring this to a close. Hebrews chapter 4, we're going to read verses 14 to 16. It says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, but he did not sin. Let us approach, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So that this verse here is a definition of faith. Let us approach God's throne, throne of grace, with confidence. So that's, what, that's how you put yourself in faith. You approach God's throne. That's it. It's really easy. <laughs> and it's a throne of grace, which means that prayers are heard and prayers are answered by grace. Not according to your works. You know, it's like everything in our faith. It's not according to your works, how good you are. It's a throne of grace. So it turns out, like getting saved, it's really simple. So that's how you do it. You approach the throne. And then let's go to John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. And we're going to finish with this and a thought. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. I love this in Spanish. Just getting distracted here for 10 seconds. In Spanish, it says that my father is the Labrador. So that's the Spanish word for gardener or something. I say, ah, God's a Labrador. <laughs> anyway, anyway, he's the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. But every branch that, branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I also in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. 
if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. If your approach is you've got to get the prayers answered by trying hard, that's not remaining in him. That's separating from him and trying to do it on your own. But if you remain in him, you will bear much fruit. That's how it works. And you're supposed to because that will bring a lot of glory to the Father. In other words, you're going to show off that God's a good God. So ask whatever you want. If you're at work, there's a problem going on, pray about it. Let the Lord be involved in the situation. That's fruit that will show off how good God is. Any situation at all, whatever you are, whatever you want, pray about it. But you must remain in him. In other words, pray with faith. If you pray with striving, now you've taken the attitude that it all depends on you. Now sometimes you've got to pray a matter through. You've got to pray for a few hours until you come to that breakthrough. Do you know what that is? That's praying until you come to the end of your striving. Because you're, you, for some reason, there's times we just can't hand it over to God. We feel so deterred. We've got to have this breakthrough. But you pray and you pray, and eventually there comes a moment when there's a breakthrough. The Holy Spirit touches you. And then in that moment, you know, oh, God's got it. See? You've come to the place I've just described. You've come to faith. Once you know God's got it, you can relax. <laughs> it's marvellous. Okay, now imagine if there's someone who has a lot of money, a lot of ability, a lot of connections, and they see that you're struggling, and they say to you, can I do something for you? And you say, oh, no, 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 I would hate to ask. So they say, no, look, I've got a lot of money, got a lot of resources and connections, I've got time and the ability to help. Whatever you want, I'll do it for you. Oh, no. Oh, no. And you go off and try to fix it on your own when there's someone right there that could help you. That is insulting. And when we try to take things on ourselves, when God is right there, I think that's insulting to God. And I think that's why it says in the Bible, without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's, but with faith, in other words, faith is very much about you and him. It's a relational thing. But without faith, it's you endeavouring to do something on your own, and that's insulting to God, I think. So, in conclusion, Mark 11.24 says this. The words of Jesus, no less. I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours.
get in faith. Whatever you ask for in prayer, do it from a position of faith. All right, I'm going to invite the band to come. So, do you have any personal needs in life right now? I bet you do. <laughs> we all do, right? Everyone has some needs. Do you think the Lord can do something about them? Of course he can. <laughs> uh, of course he can do something about them. What are you going to do about it? You're going to tell the Lord about your needs. You say, Lord, here's my problem. Help. What do you say we do that right now? <laughs> How about we have a moment right now? Let's have some music just play nicely for, for a minute. I want you right now to get yourself in faith. Can you do that? Okay? You're, if you need to imagine, imagine yourself physically in your brain going before a throne with God sitting on the throne. If you've got to picture it like that, do it. Whatever you've got to do, but put yourself in the place where you're aware that, that God's listening to you. And not only God, but all the angels are listening to you too. Heaven is listening to you. Now take 20 seconds and tell the Lord what you need. My father has always said one of, the, one of the keys to getting prayers answered is to thank the Lord that he's heard your prayers. You see that when you're in that position, it's now out of your control. <laughs> it is in his hands now. So you've just got to relax and wait for him to sort it out. Some things can be sorted out quickly and some things take a while. Some problems are simple. Some problems are not simple. Some problems can take years to sort out, but that's where you keep on saying, Lord, I thank you, you're at work. Problems that involve other people take time because the Lord's got to work in their life and in their circumstances. The Lord doesn't force people to change. You know he doesn't force you to change either but the Lord will work. So when you're praying for someone else, for them to get saved, or praying for a family situation that's difficult, it's, it may take some time. So faith for, in a, for a prayer that's like that involves trusting the Lord and letting the Lord work. Some other things can happen quicker. Every prayer is different, but that's where if things are not happening as quickly as you like, you just say, Lord, thank you, you have heard my prayers. And so you maintain your faith with that attitude. So Lord, I want to thank you this morning. There were a lot of prayers prayed in this room. There were a lot of prayers prayed online. 
and they're prayers that will be prayed in the future. For everyone here, Lord, I thank you that you have heard our prayers. Father, you are wonderful. There's no one like you. And um, it's true what the disciples said. They said, who else can we go to? You have the words of eternal life. Lord, you really do. Now my prayer this morning would be, bless this church. Bless everyone connected with this church and bless the online part of this congregation, all the people that join us online from all over the world. Bless them. Lord, those in Africa and India and the USA and those in Europe, Lord, and, and people in South America and the Middle East, bless them. Father, and may grace flow for, for each and every one of us. Let your hand be upon us in Jesus' name. And Lord, I ask you'd bring us into a greater revelation of the love of Christ. Amen. We're going to sing, Lord be with you. Have a wonderful week and pray with faith. Let's see the Lord start to do some things. Amen.